Hey everybody, this is John Lind, lead programmer for BB Digital Lab, and this is the BB&J podcast. Today I have a special guest. Special guest, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi John, thank you for having me. My name is Bridget Ventulin, and I am the BB in BB Digital Lab, and it's really great to be here. It's great to have you. I'll also note that the, you know, people have been asking me, thousands of people every day come up to me, they're banging on the doors, they're asking, you know, they know the J of the BB&J podcast, but where's the BB? Well, this might surprise you, but just like BB Digital Lab is Bridget Bentulin, the BB is also Bridget Bentulin. Thank you. You're welcome. So, a little bit of background. Um... Bridget is my partner at BB Digital Lab, and she handles a lot of the client stuff, um, more of the the digital marketing. Um, if you're if you're aware of the marketing automation, you know where where you have traffic moving into um, a funnel, moving into conversion. She handles the majority of the traffic. So um, I know I just kind of gave a brief summary, but how would you describe your role in the company? Okay, so when I thought of BB Digital Lab, I was actually still a student in college, so it was my last year of college, and I've already had a little bit of intern experience in business, and just being in Southern Illinois, for those who don't know and aren't from here, Southern Illinois is known as an urban area but we still have Carbondale, which is still a a university town. And when I was about to graduate, I was really trying to think, what do I want to do? What is it that I enjoy and what I like? And when I thought of the name of an agency, I'm like, oh, it's that agency life. I'm going to go into that agency life. I needed a name. And I... I'm not 100% just content creation, so if you folks don't know, I have a background in uh, video production, content production, and photography. On the flip side, I also have a little bit of digital marketing experience back in 2018. I can't say about, I can't say the same about myself now, but back then, I didn't want to be just one thing over the other, Uh, so I called it VB Digital Lab. I know that sounds really strange. And why Digital Lab is because I have a dual degree. I went into uh, school thinking I was going to become a doctor. So I got my bachelor's in biomedical science, finished it in three years, hated it. But from all of the training that I got from undergrad, pretty much half of my undergrad life was in a lab. And even going into my second degree, which is uh, digital media and design, I was always in a lab, but it was a different kind of lab. So I was in a digital lab. I also had formal training in a traditional lab. It only made sense to call it BB Digital Lab. So we, you know, we do live in, in Southern Illinois, which by most metrics is considered a rural area and I think there's there is some association with these kind of places as um, not the most you know tech forward I so do you have 
do you have any uh, thoughts on you know how to, how to grow and modernize the the region? Here in Southern Illinois, there are a few entities. Um, when I say entities, institutions or larger corporations that know and understand the value of marketing. We have a lot of mom and pop places. Actually, a lot of the baby boomers who are ready to retire, they're either selling their businesses or having to shut down completely. And this is clearly apparent. I came to Southern Illinois um, and more particular, I, I came to Carbondale in 2012 and the strip was booming. So the strip of Carbondale is where a lot of the major businesses are, a lot of restaurants and shops, and it was always jam-packed and there was a lot of students in the area. And now it's 2020, it's about eight years later, and maybe, I wanna say half, maybe a little under half of those businesses are gone. Either they had retired, sold the business, were unable to keep the doors open, and really, uh, that really shows the need for needing to adapt towards a more digital age. So the word of mouth, uh, being able to refer someone, you know, everything is technology based. And even though referrals are still the number one source of being able to grow your business, that has to be done in a different way, in a more adapted way to digital. So being in Southern Illinois, clearly that is something that business owners need to be educated on and need to implement into their own businesses. So would you say that uh, converting to a more digital format rather than the traditional uh, forms of marketing and word of mouth is the, the biggest uh, issue you see with, with local businesses? Yeah, there is a place for traditional marketing and there's a place for digital marketing. But in my experiences with the businesses that I personally work with, they've done both. They've tried both. And you know what? In 2009, it worked. Radio worked. Uh, but in today's day and age, there's Pandora, there's Spotify. A lot of vehicles are built in with Bluetooth. I have a 2017 RAV4, and it was the first model in which the base model had Bluetooth. Before, you had a plug in your phone to the USB, but now nobody's listening to the radio, maybe a very small percentage, but in compared to 2009, it was much different. And then when you think about ad space, okay, radio, television, newspaper, it's a very finite amount of ad space, and because it's so scarce, let's say scarce, uh, it's also expensive, and because those mediums need to continue to survive, the price had increased exponentially. In comparison to the digital medium, which I primarily work in, there's so much ad space. And of course, depending on the quarter, so fourth quarter, Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, New Year, of course it's gonna be a little more expensive, but everything is tracked in real time. You know, a billboard 20 years ago may have worked, but in this day and age, we don't know how much traction the billboard is actually making unless we ask the consumer. So as far as traditional marketing, it has its place. If you're a car sales, which I was in, I was in the car industry uh, for quite some time. 
it may work as far as brand awareness. But as far as tracking conversion, my my experience in digital marketing has been a lot better and a lot more trackable. I, I will note, um, or I, I, I've read that there are modern billboards, especially in places like Times Square and cities, not so much out here, um, that do have a little bit more of the, the customization because they, they look at cell phone data in the area and pull information of the users and they, they try to tailor the message for those specific people. However, you do have that issue where even though they're in the area, they might not be looking at the billboard, they might not be engaging with the billboard. And if any, if any of you have done a, a research project where you talk to people or anything where you're trying to get opinions from people, most people are really bad at self-reporting. So, in, you know, in our day and age where we can track online, we can track so much about people, we can track how long they watched a video, where they're clicking, where their, where their mouse is on a page, the, the modern billboard just doesn't cut it. Though, you know, you did say that traditional marketing has its place. So, the billboard. It seems like, for the most part, it, it's just not trackable and there's a lot of issues with it. Where, what cases would you say that a billboard is useful? Or like what businesses would a billboard be useful for? So it's all about timing with any advertisement. It doesn't matter if it's digital or traditional. Uh, this is the classic case of you're on the highway and you see a ramp on the exit. And on that exit are several different places that you could use the restroom. You could eat and have lunch. So you see billboards for food. You see billboards for Starbucks. So, you know, you're driving on the road. You're getting really tired. Oh, there's Starbucks coming up. Um, and that would be a, a really crucial, critical time for the consumer to be seeing that billboard. Because now it's... It's giving them options at that rest stop. You know, should I wait for the next rest stop? Or, you know, I think this one's just fine. We're going to go ahead and go through this rest stop. Or we're going to go ahead and get on this ramp and stop for some food, some gas, whatever we need to do, and then get back on the road. So that is something that you can't do on your phone. You know, you can't just pull up your phone and find the next gas station. I mean, you could. But it wouldn't but be safe. It's not safe. You see the billboard. It's right there. Timing is crucial. If there's anything that any piece of advertisement can do is show the value of time. And most people, when they're, when they're looking for a restaurant or, yeah, a place to use the restroom, you know, meeting those, they're not doing like the higher order thinking or meeting complex goals or motivations. They're meeting basic needs. You know, the hunger, <laughs> the need to use the restroom, thirst, whatever it is. That, that is very base, very physical. As you said, it, that's, a, that's a quick turnaround. They see it, then they, they execute immediately. Right. Um, and even when, if you're looking for a restaurant, there's a few people who... You know, if you have a co-pilot, they might check. Maybe they'll check some place like Yelp. But for most people, they're just pulling up 
you know, whatever map application they have on their phone, they're searching food or take, you know, fast food or something, and they're just going based on that list. So with that, you know, you're not trying to really build branding. It's not about communicating a certain message beyond just, hey, there's food. It's It really takes that digital marketing and the other forms of marketing to give you an understanding. Like, if I need to stop someplace, I'll admit, I usually go to McDonald's because the food's pretty dependable. It's very consistent. Right. But the biggest thing is the bathroom at McDonald's, wherever I've, I've gone <laughs> to McDonald's bathroom, they've always been great. You know, a gas station bathroom, it's pretty hit or miss. You can have some pretty, I've been to some fairly scary gas station bathrooms. But McDonald's, it's always clean. It's always, you know, I don't have to worry about not enough toilet paper or soap or, or anything like that. <clears throat> but I, I, I think, and I'm, I'm sure that you'll, you'll agree, the digital format um, has, you can do so much more with it than you can with the traditional marketing. Yes. I mean, like... Let's let's say just a normal ad on basic the basic cable televisions, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC. How much is an ad in the middle of the day going to cost about? Oh, uh, well, if it's in the middle of the day and it's not in a prime spot, it's going to be a lot cheaper, especially on TV if it's unused inventory. It could be between 300 dollars for um a week's worth of spots Monday through Friday. But as you said, that isn't that isn't really prime time and you know, how many people watch a certain show in the middle of the day? And what demographics are we looking at? Well, the demographic you're looking at really is going to be an older demographic or uh, parents, so parents who have children. It really depends, <sighs> but the thing about TV is that it is dependent on someone being in front of it. You you can you can see. I mean, even like how many people are watching. That's always hard. They I know the Nielsen family and all that is is. I believe it's still the standard, mm -hmm. but that's that is ripe for for bias and error. And it, it doesn't tell you, like, it tells you is the, t the TV's on to a certain channel, but that doesn't mean it's on. That means it doesn't mean people are watching it. I mean, you know, dad sits on the couch, puts on, puts on a show, and then falls asleep. Well, any ads he sees aren't really going to help unless, <laughs> I don't know, they're, like, customized for infiltrating the subconscious or something. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned... $300, $400 for uh, maybe an older audience. I, I volunteered at a senior center for many years, and we, you know, we'd, we'd have the TV time in the middle of the day where we'd watch something. But a lot of those people, you know, they're not looking to buy. They don't they're not necessarily the, 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 the breadwinners of their families anymore. They're, they might be retired. They might be, if they're living with fam, you know, if they're living with their children or their grandchildren, then they're not necessarily the ones you want to be targeting with most ads. Now, let's take that 300 
and put it in Facebook, say. What can you, so on one side you can get, what you said like a week's worth of content. A week's worth. A week's, week's worth, weeks worth of, week, a week's worth of spots. $300, 400 a week. What can you get in a week from Facebook for that same amount of money? So let's start with the basics of advertising on both platforms. First off, with digital marketing, with digital ad space, let's say digital ad space, those things, those metrics can be recorded in real time. So if I started putting out an ad this morning by 10 p.m. today, I can see what exactly has happened within that time. I can see how many people have clicked on it, how many people ended up on my website or wherever I'm sending the traffic to. Um, I can see how long anyone has watched a video. I can see how many people it has reached to the exact number. I can see how many people have uh, engaged with it. So whether it be likes, clicks, shares, comments, what have you. That's the kind of information that is valuable to me as a marketer without having hundreds of thousand dollars in marketing research. There are marketing companies that do all this research prior to putting out a product or prior to putting together a marketing campaign um, and whatever that conversion is, whether it be become a client, purchasing something, anything like that. The digital ad space has the ability to record everything in real time. So for every dollar that I put in towards digital marketing or um, ad buying on the digital space, not only do I get that advertisement in front of a core demographic that I'm targeting, but I'm also getting the data of who exactly is reacting to it. So. For example, in the traditional ad space, you may see an advertisement for from the Orthopedic Institute. You know, if you have back pain, go ahead, uh, call us at this number, make an appointment. On digital ad space, I can put the same advertisement, maybe chop up a few minutes, make it a 30 second advertisement on the digital ad space and target the age group specifically. So there is no guesswork. The internet or whatever platform that I'm using knows who, who exactly is in that age group based on the age that they have provided and their behaviors. And it is sent to those, those people, that qualified audience ahead of time. And it can show me if men or women or both have been engaging with my advertisement. So in the future, let's say I run this ad for a week long, I see that more women than men like it, but I don't have any conversions, then I can tailor my audience and make it only for women. If 80% of the engagement are from women, I will make that advertisement for women and shoot it out to only women in this age group, and then only will those tweaks lead to conversions or lead to sales or lead to more phone calls into my business or into my client's business. So not only is the turnaround for information fast, but I can adjust accordingly. 
and I don't have to call the radio station, call the TV station, and let them know, hey, that video that you put out, that needs to change. That takes a long time to be able to get that data together in order to make an informed decision about if ad creative or the audience is the issue. And not only that, you know, we, we talked about, yeah, it's 300 $400 for that middle-of-the-day ad, but that doesn't factor in, you know, because you, you, need, you need to make the video for that. You, you can't just throw up a still image or have a link or, or, or a, a GIF or anything like that, a webinar. You have to actually put in the time and the resources to make a whole video. You have to do the videography. You have to hire the people. Oftentimes, you know, oftentimes you're using actors, so you'd have to hire the actors. You have to do the screens for that. And there's a bunch of, of time and, and resources that you put into it that you don't have to put into an ad. I mean, you, you pull up Facebook and there, yes, some of them are, some of the ads are videos and those tend to do pretty well, but a lot of ads, they aren't videos. It's, you know, it might be an interesting graphic. Sometimes the graphic moves, but you can do a lot of stuff. You can get a lot out of still images in, in the ads that, I mean, if you if you put an ad on on a on the TV, that's just like a ten second still image. No one's gonna watch that. If they do, they're like, "What? What is this? Why? This seems terrible." And you could actually turn people away or turn people off from your brand. And it depends in that case. So still images traditionally come from text or print. So you got newspapers, you have magazines, you have on the back of some books if they decide they're going to advertise something on the back of a book. I know when I was a kid, there were some books that advertised cereal on the back, as weird as that sounds. What or kind of books advertise cereal? Children's books. I was a kid. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird. Children's uh-huh. magazines or, you know, the Highlights magazines, a Scholastic, I think Scholastic something, I think that was the brand. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. The type of things that traditional mediums use can now be reflected on Facebook. So you've got audio, you've got video, you've got images, you've got text. You've got all of those things, but on one platform. You know, I'll admit, I was trying to rack my brains as to like, when, have I, I've never seen an ad on the back, in the back of a book. And then I, I was like racking my brains and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Now I remember, like, especially Goosebumps, you know, you go to the end of it, because I was thinking, like, the back cover. I was like, no, there's, like, the description of it, usually on the back cover, or maybe some reviews. But the at the very end, you, you see ads for, I, I don't know, I think I was too young to really comprehend, like, what I was seeing, uh, or maybe it was just a while ago, and <laughs> I've, I've forgotten sense but i remember there were ads for like you know other books or even stuff that was like kind of unrelated but even then you know you can't track who actually turned to the last page you can't track you know if if they if they interacted with the content how long they read that page if they actually did something about it if they actually went to a website 
Whereas, as you said, the digital age, we can we, we can learn so much more and we can, you know, to really minutia and to such a minute detail, understand what people are doing. So you mentioned age groups. Now, is that is that like brackets or can you customize it to like like if I want 21 year olds in uh, in Carbondale, Illinois, can I target just 21 year olds in Carbondale, Illinois? Actually, you can. So uh, you can also do that with print medium, but it is going to be a little tougher on the digital platform your digital ads can go to 21 year olds in carbondale so for example leasing an apartment for grad students okay if i have a high-end apartment that i only want to lease to grad students it would be about 21 and up yeah within carbondale it's convenient for them that is a type of product or a type of service that i would go ahead and market to through the traditional print medium, I mean, you really have the newspaper, radio ads, hey, grad students, you know, you have to qualify who's listening. But from there, you're kind of just casting a really wide net, hoping a few come through. But with the digital medium, I can target exactly who I'm needing to get this advertisement in front of. And then it all comes down to numbers. So with the radio or with, print mediums or any traditional medium you really just have an estimate with the digital medium you know how wide your net is first off and then it comes down to the conversion so how many of this specific specific demographic is going to become a client or a buying customer you know i i remember there was, I read a story, or there was this guy who, I think, like, he wanted his parents to buy a, a new TV, a specific TV. So, he went into Facebook, and he created an ad, and he made it so specific that it just targeted his family. <laughs> so, he, he got the ads to just them, and I believe after a, a couple months... They got that new TV. So that that really highlights, like, if you I mean, if you know enough information about someone personally, you can target an individual, which is not something you can say for a magazine. I mean, like with print media, um, let's say like a newspaper, if you want to target local people, people in Carbondale, for example, there's a few magazines, most the paid ones... <clears throat> You know, most students, there's the the stereotype of the broke college student exists for a reason, <laughs> and they're not gonna they're not gonna pay money for a newspaper. The people who actually get subscriptions, get it sent to their homes, are generally older people, their parents, their their grandparents. <clears throat> and but there are a few free newspapers. I mean, I in college I read. Uh, a couple of the there was let me think it was like Carbondale Times and what's the one that's on campus Daily Egyptian the Daily Egyptian because they were free they're brief but they were free um, started off as doing the Stuco and then I started actually reading the articles but even then 
you know, you distribute it at around campus, for example, but you're getting if you're if you're targeting people 21 and up, you're getting freshmen, sophomores, juniors who aren't 21 yet. You're getting people who reading it who don't have anything to get from it. You're getting, you know, maybe some professors who aren't looking for the same kind of apartment that if even if they're looking for apartment, they're not looking for the same kind of apartment that a 21 year old is. Um, you're getting, you don't know who you're getting. You you kind of have an idea based on who walks through, but unless you're actually sitting there and writing down every single person who picks up the newspaper, you can't really track that information. Right. And for more high ticket, and this is just my experience, you guys, and if you think any different, if you have a different opinion, so be it. But just my, in my experience... In today's day and age, those traditional mediums are very good at brand awareness. So if there's anything that we're going to take away from traditional mediums is that they continue to be relevant because of brand awareness. And I have a few clients that still use TV and radio, but how I have helped them adapt into the new digital age is that anyone who goes onto their website, any form of traffic, they become retargetable on the digital platforms. So we had created this advertisement, traditional piece of advertisement that had caused them to do some sort of action. But if they're currently looking for the service or for uh, the product that we're putting forth and they go onto the website, they are now retargetable. Even if they don't buy, if they don't add anything to their cart, or even if they just looked around some, they are now retargetable on the digital platform. And that is how traditional platforms continue to be relevant. And that's why they're still around now. Brand awareness. And digital marketing is very good at getting people through the pipeline. But if you are a company that continues to do traditional marketing, just know that that is a great start. Just make sure to tie it all together onto the digital platform. And I, I do think that there is, with the consumer, there's kind of like a, a weird stigma around um, companies that just do digital advertising. Because you see an ad on Facebook, and you know if you already know about the company, then you're like, okay, so this is interesting. But if you've never heard of the company before, outside of the digital space, I, I think there's less of a, you know, people like to have like a phys- physical kind of grounding and something like, you know, a commercial or a billboard or a advertisement in the newspaper, although it might not be as effective at tracking, it does do that, as you said, the brand awareness. And it makes people think, okay, so this is, you know, they actually are in the traditional advertising, the advertising that you know I know a bit more of, and it does build that uh, that that brand awareness, but also the a kind of a baseline trust. You know, you don't. I mean, you you don't see most scammers using print media to advertise their scams. So it's like, well. You know, it, it kind of provides that initial filter, like, 
Well, I guess, you know, they're trusted enough that they can actually put an ad out in, in the real world. Even though that might not be the case as much. Before we uh, end this, are there any... Uh, piece of adv- any pieces of advice you'd like to close with piece of advice for um, current fu- and future clients for for entrepreneurs of how to build their online presence yes so my first piece of advice is especially if you are either a startup or a company that is definitely needing to keep an eye on the budget you cannot grow without any form of traffic, whether that be organic traffic, word of mouth, uh, referrals from friends, advertising, digital advertising, traditional advertising. There is no growth without traffic. If you decide you're gonna start advertising on the digital space, get someone to teach you. If, if you're skimping on a budget, have someone teach you, a professional, because you're going to be spending more time figuring it out than actually getting those ads running. Because it's, it's June now. If you are a property manager who's needing to get apartments filled up for the fall of 2020, digital advertising needs time to be able to learn what exactly people like and what people are looking at. I, I mentioned that it is a very quick way to learn, but it needs to start properly. So if you don't know anything about digital advertising, go ahead, find a professional. There are plenty within the area. And if there's one thing that I'm going to leave you guys with as far as digital marketers, when you find one, and they promise impressions, which is basically how many ads have been served, run away. (laughs) And I tell that to every single client or every single prospect who even considers me as their digital marketer or their digital marketing agency, do not buy into the promise of impressions. Look for transparency in the numbers and results. And I'm just gonna end it there. Okay, thank you so much, Bridget, for coming on the pod. Uh, and thank you all for listening. If you want to leave a comment or a suggestion for us, uh, visit uh, bbdigitallab.com slash podcast. There you can fill out a form with, yeah, like I said, any questions or comments. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you, John. You're welcome.